All right, you ready to do this? Yeah. Okay, I got an intro. Okay, sweet. Spoiler alert! Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. Hey, Becky's with us today. Hey! What's up? What's going on, Baxter? Oh, that's a fun nickname. Yeah. That's <laughs> what I always call you. Yeah, you know. We have had a five-month endeavor. I think maybe a little bit more than five months. We just casually decided to watch Dawson's Creek one. I think it was Becky's idea. Let's watch Dawson's Creek. I said I'd never seen it before. And uh, that was a good choice. Yeah. We're, we're going to discuss that a little I'm bit further. I'm full of good choices. <laughs> yes, I'm, I've not known you to make a bad one yet. Are you not? Are, do we not have like a big intro for this particular show? It's like, ladies and gentlemen, from what? I Don't Want to Wait to <laughs> Over. <laughs> from Cape Side Mass. Exactly. It's what do you think I should have like celebrity guests or something queued up? Hey man, your show. I was a celebrity guest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Celebrity guest. Becky is the celebrity guest. What more do you want That's from me? That's true. Me, guys. Never mind. You're, you, we're crushing it. Okay. Yeah. No, we're just gonna do a regular show. Except there's not a lot of uh, a whole lot of entertainment news to to go over. Golden Globes. There's the Golden Globes, which were uh, largely unsurprising and bad. I disagree. Jason Sudeikis was a fun time to watch. <laughs> Oh my God! How how challenging was that to to get through for him? Everybody's saying he was just like stoned out of his tree. Is that what it was? I looked at his eyes, and that was my first thought. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he was also wearing a tie dye hoodie. He couldn't have cared less what he wore. I guess the tie dye thing is really leaning into. He's really chasing a certain image, isn't he? He's vibing. Yeah. Yeah. There's also a lot said about the narrative of Jason Sudeikis as it pertains to his domestic separation so he's like making the second season of ted lasso right now in the uk and he's quarantined with olivia wilde who is as far as we know in a relationship with harry styles styles (laughs) someone was uh saying that the second season of ted lasso is going to be his blood on the tracks (laughs) (laughs) do you love that yeah well and ted lasso which is like the sweetest happiest good-natured show of like now he's heartbroken maybe he's not heartbroken but he is heartbroken in the show too right like his marriage failed in the show you kind of wonder if art's imitating life true yeah okay maybe did he write he didn't write lasso though i think he did i think he did Oh. It's him and I think him and uh, I like to think that him and Coach wrote it. Coach Beard. <laughs> See, we have, we still haven't watched it. Oh my god, we've been watching The Creek. <laughs> it's we'll all get time. into it next, okay? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> all consuming. I hope the audio is okay. Uh, it's very unusual that I mic three people, um, and so I can only do so much. But sounds gonna, good. I'm sounds gonna, good in the cans. Good. I'm gonna improvise as we go. Okay, so Golden Globes. What were the highlights? Tina and Amy funny great job weird that they were on different coasts but still fine it worked out well though i think i think my favorite part was when they made fun of emily in paris and then they panned to what's her face <laughs> from emily in paris yeah. uh, <laughs> she's a good sport though i think lily collins i think she gets it she was laughing along okay we got a cat up here yeah we've um, got four people on today. they they also uh pulled no punch punches against uh sia's movie music Oh, yeah. They yeah. openly are like, yeah, that movie is problematic and stupid. Yeah. And, th- and then they cut to Kate Hudson, Kate Hudson, who's the only representative they can track down for this movie. Yeah. she And then she also had to, to intro the movie that they called Pointless and Stupid, being like, ladies and gentlemen, this is music. Well, and for, for every other movie that's <laughs> Which nominated- Which is a weird thing to say, too. Every other movie that got its own like little- prepackaged vignette they have somebody who's only tangentially connected to the movie or maybe not at all like when colin farrell for no reason whatsoever introed was it nomadland i don't know 
Um, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he was very awkward, too. Yeah. He clearly was reading it word for word. He had such a weird mustache that was like a shaved mustache, but just like just barely nubbins coming out (laughs) (laughs) and no other facial hair right and so they could not find anybody to advocate for music the sia movie and so they just get the star who's kate hudson yeah which even watching the trailer that was the first time i'd seen anything about music and it did not look like kate hudson at all so the issue as i understand it with music is that they didn't cast somebody who is on the spectrum for this role, which right. distinctly is a character who's on the spectrum. And that's right. a representational issue there. But I didn't know anything about that. And it's not something that I particularly get too bunched up about mm-hmm. if it's done tastefully. But then I saw a clip of the movie and this character is so... <laughs> it's just too much. Really leaning into <laughs> it. Yeah, they're really leaning into it. This is not... No words can describe. It's not acceptable <laughs> that somebody is doing this kind of vocal affectation right. and it's a performance. It's not It's not acceptable to me. Ooh. That's just a ugly coast alert. Off to a great start so far. <laughs> Other than that, no major surprises, though. Like the, your Queen's Gambit's got a little bit here and there. Your Nomad Lands, I think. Your Shit's Creek. Shit's Creek got another one. Um, and and Lasso, Ted Lasso. Yeah, Mark Ruffalo had a really impassioned speech. I don't know if you caught that. It was oh, kind man. of like, wow, could you could you have had more of a uh, kind of boring, like on the opposite side of Sudeikis? It's like, okay, we get it. You're you're a Hollywood superstar. It kind of made make... me uncomfortable. It was like weirdly impassioned, but also like it was droning on, and I just couldn't yeah. focus on it. And yeah. it was mainly about saving the world. <laughs> so I was like okay we know you're an avenger ruffalo it was very self-serious and some of them were i well and in general the zoom of it all didn't work and i think it took until about halfway through the broadcast for the producers to realize that they can still play people off even though they're not in the room right and so the first number of speeches went on really long and some of them it was kind of worth it and i mean usually they start playing the music faster towards the end of the broadcast anyway because they're behind on time right but it's a lot harder to wrap somebody up when they're in their living room. Now, mm. ha- had Catherine O'Hara done that bit? Because I'd heard that bit referenced by someone else. She did that bit at the Golden Globes. This was the Golden Globes. At the Emmys. Yes. Okay. Yeah, she did the same bit at the Emmys, but they were in person and or in person in Toronto. Well, I guess it must have been the Emmys, right? Because yeah. it's the only other major award show where she would be on a Zoom. And they cleaned house at that. Yes, they did. Yes, yeah, so the the gimmick is that the music is playing, so she plays herself off. But it it didn't really work for me this time, and Becky had to explain it to me. Like yeah. I I didn't understand at all. Her husband is playing like just crackled noise on his phone, and she's a good actor, so she's like, "What are you doing? Stop that!" And it felt like this awkward marital interchange. Well, it was yeah. also weird because you could just see him openly looking at his phone for like the entire speech. That's right. Yeah. That's right. This whole time we're watching her, and we're like. That's gonna be meme tomorrow. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. I wish you would have done uh, done something else. I feel like the the creative mind that is Catherine O'Hara. There was the awkward the awkwardness of the opening of the show being like the HFPA needs to have more black members, and then the first award goes to um, Daniel Kaluuya, and his mic doesn't work. It's just oh. symbolically, oh, yeah. it was the most horrible thing. <laughs> love, and then he's like I, screaming. I, I love that he was like, "You're doing me dirty! You're doing me dirty! You're doing, <laughs> yeah. me, dirty. You're doing me dirty!" I think his mic was just turned off. Give me back! Give yeah. me back! Yeah. So that was kind of a relief. Sasha Baron Cohen, pretty good. Um, 
Oh, I missed that. He won the last two, basically. He won Best Actor and I think Best Comedy Movie. Borat oh. won Best Picture. Crazy. Yeah. What was he saying? I mean, he's a consummate professional in these situations. He, right. he, I'm not sure if he said anything about Mark Zuckerberg, although he notably hates Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. He usually takes an opportunity to criticize Mark Zuckerberg. In a big way. Um, And he made a Rudy Giuliani joke, which is fair enough. Like, he's a part of that conversation. Um, Sorkin, though I love him, was like, just okay. That was kind of weird. Right. He was like in his gaggle of women. One of which was <laughs> Olivia Wilde, by the way. Nobody can figure out why Olivia Wilde is in Aaron Sorkin's bubble. What? Yeah. I asked. I thought Colin she was if... in Europe. She is in the weird Sorkin uh, she, American Psycho she, Airbnb. She's in, <laughs> she's in the Sorkin extended universe. Yeah, she is. I had Whoa. to ask Colin if they were like all of his daughters. And then he goes, no, one of them's Olivia Wilde. Yeah. His daughter was. His, he has one daughter named Roxanne. And they had like a high five. That was kind of the charming moment of all of it. Right. But something I didn't consider right away, which has been brought to my attention. And now in hindsight, I agree with it, is that part of his speech, which was... It was meant to be a gracious, my fellow nominees are wonderful and they deserve this award too kind of comment, but it came off wrong. He basically referenced, well, he actually, this is this was also a bit of a gaffe because he was winning for best screenplay, but he was referring to his other nominees as if they were the other directors nominated against his best director win, which he didn't win. Oh. And so he, re- I think he referenced Chloe Zhao. I don't think she was nominated for best screenplay. I might be wrong about that. But anyway, he, he named a couple of other uh, female filmmakers. And he says, uh, you're the reason my daughter wants to be in film and I'll never forgive you for that, which is like a very like Sorkin kind right. of quip. Yeah. But it's also condescending. It's like, <laughs> he's really talking down to, Women in film. Yeah. They're like, thank <laughs> you. How dare they? Yeah. <laughs> so that wasn't ideal. I mean, I, I do what I always do. I watch it for four hours and then I'm annoyed <laughs> with myself. And yeah, you're annoyed with the process. You're annoyed with everything that won and you're annoyed with yourself for staying up. That's right. But That's right. hey, Tina and Amy and Jason Sudeikis. And Maya and Keenan. Did you see that bit? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was good. She's hosting SNL next. That was fun. Yeah, that's a couple. That's like three weeks away. Well, they did five in a row. To be yeah. fair, I don't think that I can remember a time when they've done five weeks in a row. They had to catch up. Probably that, and maybe also they're just like they're because they seem to have almost like an NBA bubble going at Thirty Rock. Mm-hmm. So like they're all just like making out with each other and like right. and like licking each other's armpits, and so it, <laughs> it seems to me they're pretty isolated, and maybe then they need to take a couple of weeks to be with their families. Are we all in agreement that? Uh, SNL is kind of hitting its stride like like they're doing fun stuff outside of like I, I, am I am I the only one moving along with that trope no, I think they're having a good season Do you yeah. mean to say that I mean to say that they're they've kind of found their footing in the fact that they're not necessarily leaning into the politics anymore yes I agree with that I still think the cast is too big yes it's been too big for years There's 17 people in the cast yeah. you it's think it's huge. due for a harvest what you think it's due for a harvest well, when was the last time Lorne Michaels fired somebody? Yeah. I think he's soft now. I don't think he used to. Like, I feel like the last person he actively fired and it was weird was Taron Killam. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah. I was Slaney, thinking about that the other day. Name any two of the new cast members. From this year. From this year. Oh, yeah. Can Some, you name any of them? <laughs> something Dismukes. Yep. Andrew Dismukes. Andrew Dismukes. Yep. And... um. The other one. <laughs> yeah. How, how many are there? There's at least three. Punky Johnson. Punky Johnson. You can only remember because her name is Punky. Right. 
Uh, I want to say Lauren Holt. Yep, that's right. one. And is there another one? I don't know. I think. There's one more, right? I don't know. They just <laughs> I think don't, that's it. They don't have any ringers in the in the the new additions this season, whereas right. last year they had Chloe Feynman and Bowen Yang. They were both such solid gets. Right. I think Andrew Dismukes is is you're gonna see him in more stuff. I think he's I've noticed him in more things, which I think just means he's willing to like play the SNL game. For whom is it time to go? Ooh. Well, we think Kate McKinnon. Yeah. Yeah. Although she's still solid, like she's solid. It's just that she's in every sketch. Mm. <laughs> she plays everyone. Right. She has big nights. She's not doing the um, Elizabeth Holmes movie anymore, by the way. The thing where she was going to play the the Theranos lady. Oh, is that right? Well, they're doing one with Jennifer Lawrence too, so it's kind of like a losing game. Why would you do another? Why would you do another Theranos movie when Adam McKay and Jennifer Lawrence are making the other one? It would be like a Fassbender Kutcher situation all over again. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which, when you look back on it, is stupid. It is stupid. Um, well, and the the whole reason they made the Ashton Kutcher Jobs movie is because of one like old photo of Steve Jobs that happened to look like not Ashton Kutcher. Specifically, Ashton Kutcher in Two and a Half Men, which was around then. Right. He like had the same facial hair, and so everyone was like, "Well, this has to be a whole movie. Where's ten ten million dollars to make this film?" Right. Yeah. Um, I I saw an article quickly on the Two and a Half Men thing. I saw. A, a <laughs> <laughs> I mean, quickly. Yeah, I got to sure. just divert for a second. I yeah. uh, saw an article from Charlie Sheen where he's basically, as we all thought, just kind of like steeped with regret about the last fifteen years in general. <laughs> Yeah, well, so I, I saw that it's the 10-year anniversary of Tiger Blood, which is a real yeah. indicator of age. And he was like, I, I don't know if it was drugs or the residue of drugs, but I basically traded my life for a friggin' hashtag. People come up and they say, like, that was fun. I'm like, well, I could have I at least finished Two and a Half Men. Yeah, man, that was such an interesting time and a simpler time. The thing about Charlie Sheen, not unlike Donald Trump, He's less, you know, like socially dangerous than Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. But like he had this undeniable charisma where you like watch an interview with him in the height of his mania. And you're like, damn it, if this guy isn't kind of charming. You're like, well, I got to tell someone about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like and watching it, the Tom Cruise on Oprah's couch. Yeah, that's a good example. Yeah, exactly. It's like a train wreck. You, Which, by the way, you want to see it, but you're also like, ugh. An indirect Dawson's Creek reference just now. Ooh. Very cleverly done. Right. Po right. Podcast veteran Becky over here. <laughs> you knew that. You, you connected the dots. <laughs> Poor Chuck Sheen. Remember, like, a few years ago when it came out, he had... Um, AIDS? AIDS. <laughs> Chuck Sheen. <laughs> when he had... Uh, what was it called? Uh, <laughs> I bet you're dramatically pausing for effect. No, I forgot the word. Yep, it was AIDS. <laughs> It's HIV. He doesn't have AIDS. Right. Yeah. Sorry. Anyway, good luck to him. Uh, speaking of SNL, uh, John Mulaney's out of rehab. That's, that's yeah. nice. I meant to bring that up hey, last John week. John Mulaney. Uh, how long do you think it's going to be before we see John Mulaney? Because his uh, relapse, if that's what we want to call it, it's been pretty heavily publicized. It'd be awkward for him to not address it. He doesn't owe it to the public. But people are going to want to know about that if he wants to like emerge at any point. And he's a busy fella. He likes to do things. Mm -hmm. And in fact, I think his inability to do things is partly what got him into this mess. Right. So how long before we see him will he talk about it? Oh, I think right away. Okay. I think as soon as he's out there, he's going to say, I feel like the season finale of SNL is going to be hosted by John Mulaney. <laughs> he's going to be a twice in one season. Oh, that would be. A well, he did twice last season. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, okay. 
I think it's one of two directions. It's either we see him very, very soon or we see him in like a year. Yeah. I don't think there's anything in between. Mm-hmm. I think he either he's the type that I think would call it up front, go on Seth Meyers, talk about it openly or go on SNL or we won't see him for a full year and he comes out with a new special and he addresses it then. I was going to say plot twist. Special's done. He records it tomorrow. And it's out like next week. He records it in rehab. Because well, really, all you have to do is have a stage. I mean, that's what Chappelle would do. Right. Like two weeks ago, Chappelle put out like a 20 minute special. Really? Yeah. I think it's getting to be too much. Yeah. <laughs> <You're>, <laughs> I really do. Yeah. What was it? Uh, was it? It was to, it politically wasn't, it, pointed. Yes. It, it actually wasn't even 20 minutes. It was shorter than that. And it was just to comment on the Netflix uh, Chappelle's show. Right. Business. Right. Right. And it was just about he, like, like finally got paid. Yes, it was. It was all about retaining his own property, and, right? And that's fine. But like, that's how he makes public statements rather than tweets. He like adds something to his Netflix queue, and it goes out. It's an outward Netflix queue, right? Is it on Netflix? Yes. The twenty minute special thing. Yes, everything's oh. on Netflix. Oh, I think definitely on YouTube. Right, I think YouTube is where the, these like smaller shows. Well, he's a, he's a special out. case because he gets to put stuff wherever he wants. He yeah. he retains control. Mm-hmm. I don't. No, I feel he like does now. It's been a long time since we saw a new Mulaney special. I guess it was... Uh, 2018, wasn't it? Well, it would have been the one that we saw live. Yeah. Was that Comeback Kid? That was Comeback no. Kid. No. Kid Gorgeous? Kid Gorgeous. Kid Gorgeous. Right. Kid Gorgeous, which was good. But then in the interim, he did Oh Hello, or maybe that was before, but he definitely did Sack Lunch Bunch. Right. And he was due for another He's season. He's going to do more of that, yeah. yeah. Speaking of um, uh, Sack Lunch Bunch... At one point in time, I watched... Uh, speaking of Two and a Half Men. Speaking of Two and a Half Men's <laughs> sister companion, right. the Sack Lunch Bunch. Yes, they're spiritual sisters. That's right. Uh, I uh, watched Stop Making Sense, the Talking Heads documentary. Oh, that is kind of related. It is kind of related. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and thank you for putting that together again. I I watched it. It's free on YouTube. It's a great special. Okay. Nothing super um, scandalous to add there, but it's just a very original way of doing a live concert. Does it address that he did blackface? No, I didn't know that. Dave Byrne? Yeah. Oof. I figured he probably didn't because you said it's not It's not controversial. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't... Yeah. Um, so... When, when did this happen? Oh, like I don't it's one of those. It's one, yeah, it's one of those things that like cropped back up when people right. were really poaching for those. Gotcha. Yeah. Did not know that. I apologize. I don't know anything about that band, like musically. No, no. Get into it, man. Okay. What about you, Becky? Do you know the Talking Heads? I've heard the name. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's about it. You'd mm-hmm. recognize some of the songs. Yeah. No, I know I would. Mm-hmm. Did you see the rebooting Party Down? Yes, I did. This came out today, and just as a limited series. Did on you watch Party Stars? Down? No, I think there's only one season, one or two seasons. It's one. It yeah, I think it's, as as I understand, it's one of those the great lost masterpiece that wasn't around long enough to ever be marred. Mm-hmm. Um, and Adam Scott—that's the only person I know to be in it. But they were like caterers. Ken, Ken right? Marino, Martin Starr, Ken Jane Marino. Lynch. Ken Marino, indirect Dawson's Creek reference. We'll get to it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know that one. He plays one of the teachers who has an inappropriate relationship no. with one of the students. <laughs> okay. Yeah. He plays like Professor it. Wilder, and then he goes on to be in Californication, also written by Tom Capenos, and play someone named David Wilder. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, I, I remember today. that in yeah. Californication. Yeah. He was really gross in it. So, uh, Party Down, they're caterers? Is that? Yeah. Okay. They're like just special event caterers. They like go to people's houses for functions and... Is it quite crass? 
it's quite crass. Lizzie Kaplan is another person in it. She's great. Um, yeah, it's it's basically um, it's there's a bunch of like like kind of character actors in it, and then these. It's kind of dark. Why doesn't the world have a place for Lizzie Kaplan? I don't know. I feel like she maybe is. Um, I feel like she could have been like in almost any role that went to Rashida Jones. She could, I don't know. she could have handled it. Can we just make fine. this an ongoing uh, bit where we do Kaplan watch? Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> week to week. <laughs> okay. Can great. We, can we try tweeting her? I was thinking today actually is like if we have a running bit long enough and we commit to the bit long enough. Uh huh. I as, know one of those. Right. <laughs> 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 will it ever render like? Um, will it ever entitle us to? an interview that we otherwise don't deserve. Like, uh, I guess we don't have a, enough clout as to a, get well a, a media institution for anyone to even know that we exist. But like, my point is Will Smith has no business doing the show show podcast unless he decided to throw us a bone because we committed to it for five years. Yeah, you're right. Oh, you know what I think we could get? I, I think we would need to start with like Jaden or Willow. I feel like it's harder to get them. Oh yeah. yeah, way harder. They are. I guess they are cooler. Yeah. Um, we could get Lizzie Kaplan those. We I'm could saying. get we, Lizzie. Kaplan. We might be able to finagle that. All right. So we need Kaplan watch becomes a thing starting today. Okay. I wonder where she is right now. I don't know. Well, really, it starts next week because we're gonna okay. have to Google it in the subsequent time. Okay, we'll do a little research. Speaking of googling, I had to Google her. You know who she is? She's from Mean Girls. Yeah, I recognize her now. Yeah. I didn't know her name. She's very funny. She's good. She is funny. She's good. Patrick Starr is getting a spinoff. See, I have no like entertainment news. Who's Patrick Starr? From, from SpongeBob? From SpongeBob. They're doing oh, a SpongeBob my. spinoff. Okay. I've never seen SpongeBob. TikTok really took an affection for <clears throat> for Patrick Starr. Is that the musical thing? No, that's Ratatouille. No, that's Ratatouille. The Ratatouille. Right. No, they TikTok like... wrote an entire Ratatouille musical. That's called Ratatouille. Have you guys seen Ratatouille? Yeah. yeah. Of oh, I haven't. Oh, you should watch it's, it. It's definitely a blind spot for me. I don't know. It, I think there's probably like a a mid-generational gap for a lot of millennials with Pixar movies where, yeah. of course, they saw the Toy Stories and A Bug's Life and Monsters, Inc. Right. and Nemo. Yeah, I was in like yep. second year university when Ratatouille came out. It wasn't, But it's still, it's, it's up for the same era as Up. You've seen Up. That's true. I think Up is overrated. Oh, okay. I've only seen Ratatouille <laughs> maybe once or twice and it's great. <laughs> I just look. I have the same opinion as him. <laughs> Do you also think it's under? Yeah, over? We're, getting, I, we're getting married, baby. I like the opening. The opening scene of Up, though, Colin will probably attest to this. But um, the opening scene tugs on the heartstrings a little too much. Yeah. They like they wrote it being like, "We're gonna make them cry." Right. It's emotionally exploitative. I don't know if that happened before or after Toy Story three, but somewhere around then, Pixar was like. We really like how it feels when people get <laughs> when people get fucked up watching our movies. That was I really like fucking people up with their <laughs> own emotions, and then they do it every single time now. There's every a whole time. Hannibal Burris bit uh, at the time that it came out where he was like, everyone comes up to me and they say, "Ah, oh, did you cry during the first season or during the the first scene of Up?" No, I didn't cry. I'm a man. This is a <laughs> children's movie. I'm not going to cry during a children's movie. Anyway. Right. I do think it's a little bit overstated when people are like, it's the greatest love story of our generation is, is Ellie and... Five minutes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Relax. It's sad when she... Went... Yeah. Right. <laughs> to quote Chandler, yeah, it was really sad when they stopped drawing the deer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's 
right. That's all I got for entertainment news. Do you think we can drag a Dawson's Creek conversation out for the rest of the podcast? Is I, this going to annoy our listeners who haven't been in on this journey with Becky and I? I honestly, I think we can. I think we can too. I got a lot to say. Yeah. Yeah. There, really there was do. a lot picked up even on the three episodes that we watched. Okay. So you're going to drop in the, the recap. So what I thought we could do is you could recap the pilot for us. Okay. Because Becky's prepared a recap of the two part series finale. Okay. And I've prepared, uh, <laughs> I had to do this in pre-production. I, I prepared a recap of literally everything that happens in between. Right. Um, and I think it turned out. Okay. You know, you've, you've already heard this, uh, any curveballs? Because we've had an ongoing dialogue about how you seem to know this show better than you maybe thought. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely, and that is still true. Were you able to follow my recap? Did it? Did it? Uh, did it process for you? It processed, and it was hilarious. I listened to it a few times. Good. <laughs> yeah, it was great. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you. All right. Well, I guess we'll start with the with the pilot. Uh, let me put you, Slaney, on the clock. Recap the the first episode of Dawson's Creek. In three, two, one, go. It's 1997 in what's the town? Capeside, Massachusetts. Capeside, Massachusetts. Dawson is a film buff and has a uh, group of friends that he's shooting a movie with. Well, uh, there's a new girl in town, Jen. Uh, Pacey is having an affair with a teacher who no one really thought that was going to happen. And uh, Joey is like, hey, we have puberty is going to affect us all and and <laughs> it's coming for coming for you Dawson I can't sleep over anymore and their parents are having an affair right Dawson's mom is having an affair with the other newsman which he calls he's like I'm living in an alternate reality his whole thing which really lines up or at least stays consistent with the final episodes yes where he's like I don't know if they're referencing the first episode a lot more. Oh, they are. In the end? Okay. To be fair, series do that sometimes, especially with like sentimental shows. Right. And another example I can think of is um, in that 70s show, mm-hmm. the first conversation they have in the circle when they're smoking weed in the right. pilot is the same conversation they have in the final circle in the series right. finale. I think Seinfeld does the same thing. Yes. It's self-referential. And, and Dawson's Creek in general makes an effort to be quite meta about the soapy teen melodrama. Right. You forgot to mention that they're 15 years old. They're 15. And uh, Joey and Dawson are childhood friends, always entirely platonic. They have lots of sleepovers and watch movies. And and Joey has decided to draw a line. She's not going to do that anymore because (laughs) because she has breasts and he has genitalia. It's bigger now. How does she know? (laughs) Big hands. Long fingers. Long fingers. (laughs) Well, Uh, well. And uh, yes. Okay. Um, Where do we begin? They look so young. So adorable. Okay, here's what here's what I want to say about the pilot. A lot of pilots are not good. We've seen a lot of them for this podcast. A lot of them have not found their footing. Many of them don't find their footing for like multiple seasons. Mm-hmm. I think the script is airtight. Oh, it's solid. Yeah. The the thing that's not airtight, and Becky, I think you'll agree, are the uh, the technical placements of microphones <laughs> and shots that they selected for the actual show. Here's the thing that goes on through the entire series. Oh yeah, the entire series. You see, like, oh, there's a little hair on the camera. Oh, there's the boom. That is so bush league to me. Like, how how did that get on air? It gets better. But Becky's right. The the boom mic makes an appearance at least every three episodes of the series. Absolutely. And what we call like little flaws on the camera lens will turn up quite often. The little. First, the first, <laughs> you're right. The first season is constantly terrible. You can see mic packs. <laughs> oh my God. It's yeah, extraordinary. The, well, the mic pack on Joey yep. walking into the theater. Oh yeah. 
Throughout the series, we also see things like uh, tape on the ground for placement. Yep. We see uh, mic packs all over the place, including the final episode where where Colin said last night, well, it wouldn't be Dawson's Creek if we didn't see one last mic pack. There is a mic pack visible in the series finale. No way. Oh, yeah. yeah. Was it? (laughs) Okay, I don't want to spoil anything now, but are we allowed? We're allowed to reference everything. Sure, but let's try and keep this compartmentalized. All I'll tell you is that you can see a wire coming out of Dawson's back pocket when they're in the gardens when he's filming that little video. Gotcha. Um Yes, it does kind of feel, especially early on, like the people making the show don't know how to make TV. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the the WB didn't really exist before this. Like maybe they are new at it. It's true. And this was uh, Dawson's first show. Right. right. <laughs> Kevin Williamson was only 33, the creator of the show. He's wow. a kind of a, a wonderkind himself, yep. not unlike Dawson himself. Mm-hmm. Some other things to keep in mind for the pilot, and maybe it is because they weren't that experienced, but when you go back and watch the pilot, the lighting is horrendous. It's clearly shot in a real high school that just has the fluorescent lights of a high school. The shots are all very dark. Like somebody didn't know about exposure at all. Was it all shot in Massachusetts? No, um, I think North Carolina, Wilmington. Oh, okay. But kind of aesthetically the same yeah. idea. It's not made in L.A. It's not made in L.A. That's the surprising part. And I don't know where it was filmed when the series moves to Boston in season five. I mean, you can do exteriors anywhere. Maybe they moved it to L.A. at that time, or maybe right. they just kept production in Wilmington. Right. It's crazy because they all probably lived in L.A. Like, do you think they all had North Carolina houses? I, I mean, probably. Maybe. Probably for a time. None of them were yeah. that famous, right? And then right. they got to be extremely famous very, very quickly. Totally. Did you watch any of this show when it was on? Um, I, I would have been right around that possibly just after. Yeah. Yeah. So no, I, I don't think I was watching any, cause I was thinking 2003, I was in like grade nine. I don't think I was watching it at all in grade nine. I may, possibly, have, like, may have seen the odd episode here and there on like a sick day on TBS, but I really remembered essentially nothing like in the, in the full viewing experience. Never was I like, never did I get. Um, uh, a deja vu like oh I'm pretty sure I've seen this scene before it was all very unfamiliar which is crazy because I, in a way I kind of think this show was made for me I, yeah. I like the two things I like in TV are fast dialogue and over the top sappy romance and mm. that's what this is to a T and it's not cheaply done no and it's not predictable no sometimes it's not predictable <laughs> you know what I mean like they throw curveballs at you that don't deserve to to give me an example. Shock some some good, not there. so good. Give me an example of a curveball that occurs in the pilot. Uh, I'm not sure if there's as many curveballs in the pilot. Maybe when Tamara is like, you're wrong about one thing, Pacey, you are a man. And then she just stamps sure. him down. <laughs> yeah, that must have really lit up the, the chat rooms in 1997. Isn't that outrageous? Yeah. It's, it's still outrageous. It's infuriating. It is 2021. Well, and she comes into this video store looking to rent The Graduate, which is so on the nose. And she's Oh my god, I'd miss that. She's clearly looking to flirt with these toddlers, Kids. with these little boys. Fifteen year old boys. And then she says later, No, you've misun you've misunderstood. I was just like renting a movie. I don't know. I think Pacey was completely within his right. But Absolutely. by the way, born you, to be a sly dog, that Pacey. Oh my god. Do you think yeah, do you think Pacey didn't deserve to get punched in the face by that grown man when he's basically like Planting himself next to the teacher in the movie theater and be right. like, what are you going to do, so as a per- sir? So like- as a person in his 30s, say you went to the movies with your wife. Are you asking me if I would punch a 15-year-old? Yes. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> the answer is no, but I, I, I would hope that uh, the the 15-year-old would, would remove himself. Well, hopefully there's no... The side of Hopefully that you wouldn't be in this situation because there are no video stores anymore. Ah. That's, that's the big crux. That's what's going to keep you safe. Teachers aren't going to be able to rent No one's going to you being like, hey, the graduate. <laughs> right. Wink. Uh, Jen, let's talk about Jen. She is the new girl in town. Apparently, she maybe has met Dawson before having visited her, her grandmother, but now she's coming here to live for a while. Right. Immediately, Dawson is smitten. Yeah. And she's maybe like reciprocally smitten. She finds that Dawson is like cuter than she remembers, not as stout, I think she said. Yeah. Right. Um, and Joey, who has the right to be jealous, yep. is unreasonably mean to everybody and obnoxious and, so obnoxious and somewhat out of character in my opinion some of the things she says you would never hear joey say in like season two what is yeah. jo- what is joey's thing down the line is it that she's like a genius or not even no. not now she's, she's just smart yeah she's kind of a um a hermione she's just like mm. a, a like a book nerd um right. and she doesn't take any risks that's the other thing she doesn't live she's a little. little uptight yes right okay Yes, but I think that she like she's never best friends with with Jen, and I think that's a charge often laid against the show is that it's it's not very Bechdel friendly. They really only associate when they're like fighting over a boy. And boy, were there fights? Yeah. Oh well, yeah. There was a lot of. Um, did they all have sex with each other in the end? Like, did he, even Jack and like Pacey have a thing at some point? No. <laughs> no. That should no. have happened. That would happen today. E- everyone is slutty at some point in the show, if that's what you're asking. Uh, it kind of was. It's so incestual, though. Well, uh, so Dawson definitely sleeps with both Jen and Joey. Joey, obviously, she sleeps with uh, both Pacey and Dawson. Uh, Jen and Pacey never hook up, but they do have a brief like fling where they plan to have sex because right. they're both really horny, and then it never actually develops. Um, They've at least made out a bunch. Yes. Jack and Andy, Audrey. Yeah, they all Jack and Joey were dating at one point. Jack and Yeah, but they never they never they didn't do anything, but they were no. all like they've all like dated each other, made out, done something. Yes. It's it's those times where like you kind of think if the at the in the finale at the wife's at the mom's wedding, like, oh man, there's going to be a lot of hooking up tonight. Everyone's back in town. Yeah, clearly. The freaks yeah. are back. <laughs> Retread old turf. Which Doss, is what, Dawson's is what they freak. Do. They, they do. Dawson's freak. Yeah. Um, you had asked me about the euphemism that's referenced in the series finale. When, well, this is kind of a, a jumping ahead a little bit, but they're self-referential when they joke about the show that Dawson is making in 2008. Yeah. He's not allowed by network standards to say masturbation on TV, so they have to use the euphemism walk your dog. Right. And it is actually used twice in the pilot episode. Um, <laughs> he, uh, Dawson tells Pacey to go home and walk your dog. This is where he's like really excited about, about the English te- teacher. He oh. thinks he has a shot. He says, Pacey, go home and walk your dog. And later on, which is a, a weird thing to say to a friend anyway. It is. Yeah, it's super weird. <laughs> and Joey openly asks Dawson at the end of the episode, this is how the episode ends. How often do you walk your dog? Right. When do you do? And then, like the episode ends, but he hollers out at her while she's rowing away because she's in pissed. The, in <laughs> she's the, angry. He doesn't in answer. the mornings to Katie Couric. Yeah, and she laughs, which is a great, great, hilarious. And then response. she just like laughs and rows away. She laughs and we fade she, to black. No, no, we, she rows three strides, then looks to her left and sees Dawson's mom having an <laughs> ah, affair. Oh, you're with right. the newsman, <laughs> which doesn't. It never checked out for me. Like she's she's clearly in like a happy marriage. They right. have a good sex life. Do they get back together? 
Yes, the they f- have a baby. Mm-hmm. They, oh, right. Yeah. yeah. Who becomes but, obsessed with Dawson. <laughs> but the uh, the Gail Mitch uh, like uh, trials and tribulations go on for way too long. Right. It oh. must, must be three seasons they try and get them back together. And that part yeah. is frustrating. You're just like, give them a new storyline or get rid of them. Especially when they're like, it seems like their thing is that they've got this rampant sex life. Like they're literally having sex on a stool. When- yeah. When Pacey and uh, Dawson walk in, I kind of forgot that Gail was a TV reporter early in the show because her like significance as a character gets really uh, boiled down to just being a mom, right? Um, especially after Mitch dies. Spoiler alert! But um, yeah, she's like a t- and she's got like the big hairdo because it's 1997 or yep. whatever. Um, Grams has a southern accent briefly. She's also a lot meaner in the pilot than she is going forward. She warms up a whole lot, right? She has like a. She's kind of like the female Feeny going forward in the show. Gotcha. She's the voice of reason. She always knows what to do. And she has a Boston accent like Feeny mm. does for most of the series, except she has a Southern accent in the pilot. They were trying something out. Yeah. Maybe she was she was native to North Carolina. We looked it up. She's from Iowa. Oh, okay. It kind is Regionally nonspecific. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. She's just like an old, I think she's probably an old theater actor. She's still alive. She's playing much older than she is. Really? Yeah, she's only as old now as she was when they made the show. <laughs> uh, do I have anything else I wanted to say? Good needle drops in the pilot, Becky and I noticed. So the music is a very complicated issue when streaming Dawson's Creek. You okay. probably noticed when you watched the pilot that the Jan Arden song, Run Like Mad, is replaced the theme song. Yes, but in the in the finales... Oh, bud. We were, oh. we were so excited. We've watched <laughs> six seasons of this show. Without that. Without it. And by the way, we love Run Like Mad. That's our theme song now. Yeah, you you guys are good. But it they they did put it in the finale and it felt great. It was really exciting. I had no idea. I just thought at some point it just changed and you guys never let me know. Like I nope. thought maybe season four. It's like, okay, we're going to go they with it. They kept the- it through all the way to the end. And then they drop it for the last two episodes, like the yeah. double for the final. And it felt so good to hear it. The whole series <laughs> has most of the good music replaced. So they've like, right. they've taken the files and they've ripped out the music and replaced it with some like less interesting song because the show part of its identity was having like cool songs in it yeah the pilot has good songs in it we've got sophie b hawkins we've got the pretenders we've got another jan Arden song, song good mother um chumbawamba chumbawamba right. but they only have a short little hook oh god and they play it over they, and over. they keep playing i get knocked down like six times <laughs> yep play play what the audience wants that's all i got for the pilot god it feels like there's so much more but well, Dawson yeah, can't get into the film class he wants to get into mm-hmm. because they reserve the seats for upperclassmen. Oh, he brings Jen into his bedroom and she's like, let me guess, Spielberg fan? Okay. <laughs> want to talk about Spielberg? We, we should address it yeah. here because I'm so, so, I'm almost proud of them for keeping that so consistent. Yeah. They don't stray from it. There well, were... I, I don't know why they chose Spielberg. Like, if, it's fine that he's a movie buff, but like, why does he have one singular hero? Who's the most obvious hero? Yes. And then he ends up writing for TV. Yeah. <laughs> Which, anyways, well, after we recap the two finales, we'll we'll talk more about that because I thought there were some hilarious lines. Dawson's bedroom in general is disgusting in the pilot. Like, there's, it, there's it's not fully painted. There's, like, boogers on the walls. <laughs> it gets also, much more manicured later. It's also entirely too high of a ladder to be climbing drunk. 
or <laughs> yeah. as a kid or to have little kids climbing like there were Wait, in the very final who's episode. drunk what are you talking about there's an episode where joey uh after they go to the bar she like falls through the front front window you're right she's like mm. oh ah. the ladder. <laughs> i'm so drunk very good it's like yeah maybe don't climb the 30 foot ladder the ladder is consistent through the show the ladder is a mainstay it's a mainstay except for when Mitch removes it. No, they do take it away, but it's always yeah. like an important symbol in the show. Definitely. And they end up bringing it back. Okay, so now I'm going to stick in my long recap of everything that happens in between. Hopefully it's not too long. I don't think it is. Okay, going to recap everything consequential that happens in Dawson's Creek between the pilot and finale episodes beginning in three, two, one. Go. Dawson pines over Jen, the new girl next door, which makes his childhood friend Joey deeply jealous. Meanwhile, Pacey is taken up a torrid affair with the English teacher twice his age. Before long, Dawson learns of his mother's affair with Bob, her co-worker, which, of course, his father catches on to not too long afterward. Mitch and Gail separate, but Dawson really can't be too down on love because he actually gets to date Jen for a while until she dumps him for no particular reason. End of season one, Joey comes to terms with her feelings for Dawson and he, her, in return. They kiss, they begin a sort of relationship, only then is Jen regretful about dumping the Doss man. Don't worry, Dawson and Joey only date for like two episodes. He reads her diary, she loses trust in him, and ultimately breaks it off out of a fear that she's defined only by her love for Dawson. Joey pursues the medium of visual art, and she uses her new in-town co-worker from the restaurant as a nude model. This is Jack, and the two of them start dating. Pacey, whose affair with the teacher ended after she got found out and had to flee town, is having a charming banter with Jack's sister, Andy. A lot of drama with the McPhee siblings. Dad's not around because he's kind of an asshole. Mom kind of lost her marbles when their older brother, Tim, died the year before. Plus, Andy takes medication for some kind of undetermined mania, and Jack is living in the closet, which only comes out when he recites an original poem in class, and the rumors go around that the poem's written about a guy. Joey and Jack break up amicably. Pacey and Andy date for a while, but she eventually has to go to a mental health facility after going off her meds, and she cheats on Pacey and breaks his heart. Meanwhile, this season, Dawson has been filming a movie based on his relationship with Joey. It's called Creek Days, and Jen is so lonely that she takes up a friendship with the school bitch, Abby Morgan, who actually drowns when the two of them get miserably drunk together one night. End of season two, Joey's dad gets out of jail. Yes, Joey's dad was in jail. He was serving time for selling drugs. He seems to be back on the straight and narrow, but he's actually in the game again, and his shady dealings get the ice house burned down and almost the entire cast killed. Season three, Dawson has a fling with a mysterious girl who swings into town and wants badly to take his virginity, but he won't give it up. This is Eve. She turns out to be Jen's half-sister, and then she's never seen or mentioned again. Jack is on the football team. Andy is doing better and taking school very seriously, but gets anxious and steals the answers for the SAT prep exam, which kind of derails her academic standing, and her story in this series kind of fizzles out from there. Most importantly, Pacey is realizing his true feelings for Joey, whom he's always had a contentious relationship with. She clearly loves him too, but it's a problem because neither one of them wants to hurt Dawson or risk their friendship with him. Pacey occupies himself with a sailboat he's been restoring. When he and Joey get together, it destroys Dawson as predicted, and he and Pacey's friendship is effectively ruined forever. The season ends with Pacey and Joey sailing off together for a sexy summer away from Capeside. They return at the top of season four, and Dawson has forgiven Joey, but not Pacey. In fact, they both enroll in the same regatta, and Dawson kind of tries to kill Pacey with another boat that belongs to a local curmudgeon named Mr. Brooks. Turns out Mr. Brooks was an old Hollywood legend, and he begrudgingly takes Dawson on for mentorship. Meanwhile, Jen is spending time with a no-good Nick from her past in New York, Andy is still insecure and kind of a flight risk, and Mitch and Gail, who tried to make their relationship work again and again, ultimately got divorced and then remarried, are pregnant 
and keeping the baby. Dawson, who now sees no lines are uncrossable, begins dating Pacey's older sister Gretchen, who's actually pretty cool. She wants to do it with Hot Sauce Dawson too, but he won't. She leaves at the end of the season. Also, Mr. Brooks dies and leaves Dawson all of his money, which Dawson then just gives to Joey so she can afford the education she's always wanted. Before graduation, Pacey dumps Joey at prom because dating her makes him feel like an inadequate loser, which he kind of is. In spite of his poor performance in high school, he graduates and sails off into the sunset. Season five, Jen and Jack are at Boston Bay College, which doesn't exist, and Joey is at Worthington, which doesn't exist, but basically is Harvard, where she rooms with Audrey, who's nothing like Joey. Joey gets close with her professor in what's only the second of three student-teacher relationships in this show. The final one happens a season later, involving Jack and his professor, who kind of looks like the mentalist. Dawson is in film school in California, but he's hating it very much. He temps on a film set, but only lasts a day after telling off the obnoxious director Todd and getting fired. Dawson wants to move back home, but his dad doesn't approve. Okay, and then Mitch drops some ice cream while driving home and the most undignified death in TV history occurs, and this gives Dawson an excuse to move back to Capeside. Pacey works as a sous chef in a trendy Boston restaurant and rises in the ranks quickly. Jen works as a radio DJ at school. Jack enters frat life and becomes a slacker who drinks too much and ignores his responsibilities before eventually getting booted out of the frat for his poor grades. Dawson wins a film festival that his dad enrolled him in before he dies and Jen goes with him as his date. The two of them hook up. Dawson finally gets laid and the two kind of fall in love very quickly and they date for a few episodes. After that, Jen dates Chad Michael Murray, a cute boy rocker who cheats on her. And then Joey dates Chad Michael Murray in spite of the warning signs and Audrey dates Pacey because after all, he is the pipe prince of Beantown in this show, The Underdog Fucks. End of season five, Pacey's restaurant gets bought out and he transitions into the world of finance. His final season storyline is basically a boiler room Wolf of Wall Street gimmick and it's very, very stupid. Pacey gets rich and moves into a cool apartment with Jack and this British girl named Emma who works at a bar where Joey gets a job as well. Joey has a new dickhead English professor and a classmate named Eddie who turns out to only be auditing the class because he doesn't like school and prefers to live in the margins of society. Dawson is working with that director, Todd, again, who is still kind of obnoxious, but they understand each other better now, and he's shooting a movie conveniently near Boston. This allows him to be around to spend more time with Joey, with whom the will-they-won't-they they is still palpable. In fact, their romantic tension finally culminates with the two of them having, of all things, a one-night stand. And this could have been what reunited them once and for all, only the next day Joey learns that Dawson is actually casually dating this girl, Natasha, who is the star of Todd's movie. So. She gets really upset and Joey and Dawson blow it up yet again. Audrey and Pacey break up because he's changed too much and she joins Emma's band and starts living too hard and masking her self-hatred with drugs and alcohol. She gets drunk at Christmas and drives her car through Dawson's mother's living room. Still a little while before she goes to rehab, but it does happen eventually, and that's essentially her entire character arc. Eddie and Joey date for a while, it's pretty serious, and then he disappears, and she briefly has another fling with Pacey and breaks it off when he starts to fall in love with her again. Then Eddie comes back for like two episodes, and the whole thing is a huge waste of time. Dawson, who's let bygones be bygones, asks Pacey to invest his money so he can afford to make his own movie, and Pacey screws it up losing all of the money and getting fired in the process. Jen has been dating this guy named CJ, who we don't like very much, but it's very clear he's meant to be the one for her. And when her Grams, who I haven't mentioned once, but is still a key character to the whole series, gets cancer, they all decide to move to New York City along with Jack to have a new start. Joey and Pacey help bring the people and the funds together to help Dawson make his movie back in Capeside. And in the penultimate episode, Dawson indicates it could be possible for he and Pacey to be friends again. Joey leaves for Paris on her own adventure, and we're left only with the Dawson's Creek finale. Okay, 
waited. It was seven minutes long. I think I covered everything that needed to be covered. Now, we're going to talk about the series finale. Becky's never done a show show recap before, so we're going to be patient with her. She has notes. (laughs) Oh, my God. You're so prepared. Okay. Are you ready? Do you want me to put time on the clock? Put time on the clock, but I might go over. Okay, that's fine. All right. (laughs) You may recap the series finale of Dawson's Creek in three, two, one. It's been five years since we saw the gang last, and apparently since most of them have seen each other. Joey's living in New York and living with some stuck-up writer who makes fun of her watching The Creek, Dawson's first TV production from Leary Productions. Dawson is living in L.A., being an executive producer for his own company. Pacey owns uh, his own restaurant in Capeside, The Ice House, and is still the Pipe Prince of Beantown having an affair with a married man's wife. Jack is a school teacher in Capeside and dating, of all people, Sheriff Doug, and Jen is living in New York and is a new mom. Jack as a godfather to baby Amy Lindley. The gang are all back in town for Gail's wedding. Joy makes it even though she wasn't supposed to, so it's assumed that the writer guy and her broke up. After everyone leaves the ice house the night before the wedding, Mary Guy and three goons come to beat up Pacey. The next day at the wedding, his face is totally bruised up, sees Jen taking painkillers and asks if he can get in on that action. Um, <laughs> both Pacey and Jen are acting weird on the dance floor and at said daytime wedding after having taken the pills Jen passes out we find out from Grams that Jen has been suffering from a heart condition that they found out about when she was pregnant that's what the pills are for but apparently they weren't doing their job well enough doctors stabilize her but when she's awake we find out that these will be her final days all the main characters come to say goodbye to Jen in the hospital minus Audrey Dawson records a video of Jen saying uh of Jen to give to her baby Amy and it's a goddamn beautiful speech. Grams is sleeping in a chair next to Jen's hospital bed when we see Jen open her... Oh, sorry. I missed something. Jen tells Joey that her wishes that she, Dawson, and Pacey remain friends. Grams is sleeping in a chair next to Jen's hospital bed when we see Jen open her eyes, look at Grams, then shut her eyes again for the last time. Graham wakes up, uh, maternal instinct, checks on the pulse, kisses the top of Jen's head and says, I'll see you soon, my darling girl. I cry. Everyone is back at the ice house for the post-funeral reception where Joey is about to tell Pacey that she loves him, but she gets pulled away. When we think we won't find out who Joey will choose in this series, we end with Dawson back in L.A. receiving a call from Joey and Pacey, who just watched the latest episode of The Creek and are crying at how much they loved it. They also love each other. And Dawson is telling them that he has a meeting with Spielberg the next day. Jen's wish of everyone staying friends comes true. Jack adopts Amy Lindley, Jen's baby, and Dougie says he can't wait to be a parent with Jack. That was amazing. That was, that was very good. It was very long, but you nailed it. Wow, that's great. The only thing I would amend is that uh, Jen's dying wish was that Joey pick between right. Pacey and Dawson. And I think my... Okay. Uh, my biggest criticism of this finale is that it does not let the art speak for itself. Right? So, like, very openly, Dawson has a moment on the picnic bench after Jen is dead where he says to Joey... Uh, we don't have to choose. Like, basically, it's like speaking for the showrunners. Like, we're, yeah. it's fine if we end this thing without knowing who you're going to choose. Except then she does choose. Right. Which I think was kind of a subversion, which is nice. Plot twist, thruple. <laughs> they it just all live together. Cross my mind. I won't lie. Who, Who's the father? Doesn't matter. They have a baby. <laughs> I mean, it's essentially what the entire show was up until the final episode. It's so true. You, you just watched this like less than an hour ago. Yeah, fresh off it. I thought the funniest line ever was, guess who I've got to call with tomorrow? <laughs> and they're both like, Spielberg? Yeah. No he, way. He, he wrote a teen drama for five seasons and 
I love how earlier in the show he goes, I can't even book a meeting with Spielberg. <laughs> like that's something that you're supposed to be able to do if you're a TV writer of anything. You know what though? Let I think alone a TV. You've drama. said that a couple of times. I think you're selling short how evidently successful Dawson Leary is. He is the owner of a production company. He's not just a TV writer. He's and and clearly his I show suppose. is the big show. Right. Like on the level of Dawson's Creek. Now, I'm not saying that that entitles him to a meeting with the most famous director in the world. Or that he would even necessarily want it anymore. Like goals change after, I guess, his his idol is But except the, the, the point is the show is not fulfilling to him and he isn't mm-hmm. doing the thing that he dreamed of doing. Right. Right. So would you say that his goal was always just to become a filmmaker more so than than having Joey? That's, it's funny you ask that because mm. isn't that what I said to you, Becky? That's exactly what you said. So, Whoa. so I'm a I'm a big person about like the greater picture for the character and wh- and what is right for them story wise. Right. And I, right up until the end, was like, well, it's ridiculous to 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 pair Joey up with anybody but Dawson. Clearly, they're soulmates. Right. But the thesis of the episode ended up being. You can be soulmates with somebody who you don't end up with. That can mean a number of different things. Mm-hmm. And she picks Pacey, which is ultimately good because Pacey needs a Joey. He does. Yeah. He had one singular focus for the entire series run, and it right. was how much he was in love with Joey. And Dawson had another dream. Right. Yeah. yeah Dawson's dream was always to be a director and... Joe or Pacey has always not really had a full dream other than Joey. And we often notice when Joey's not in Pacey's life that his life isn't going so well. Right. True. Well, he's back to his old habits. Like it's it's great that he's, he's kind of getting shit kicked by the neighborhood dads. Well, and having affairs with older women that he shouldn't be involved with. Right. Like he's just kind of he's going through the motions again. He does seem to be happier and he's in a, a better also, it, a thing you're not exposed to if you haven't seen season six is that he does have this weird like uh, Gordon Gecko phase. Right. Oh. Yes. You explained it <clears throat> after his uh, being in the restaurant business. And that was clearly like a better environment for Pacey. Right. The um, the beatdown that he receives in the first oh of two finales is so substantial that like the fact that he he is walking and going to the wedding the next day and he like takes the sunglasses off and it's like a light shade of purple and people are like whoa shiner it's like no you wouldn't be able to open your eyes man he had two 400 pound men holding him he had three three people or four there were questionable yeah he's completely jumped by a gang of huge men yeah we like could not help but comment on the fact that all of those men would be charged because like if you punch a guy because he's sleeping with your wife Fine. You like get the charge dropped. If you go to find this guy while he's closing up and bring three huge guys with you to kick his ass. And I, the even funnier thing is they're all at the wedding the next day. Yes. <laughs> they're <laughs> friends. Okay, but I, I, can, I can add to this. Okay. So imagine you're this guy who's being cuckolded <clears throat> and you're like, hey, pals, I learned who's sleeping with my wife. Do you want to go get him? And they're like, sure. Who is it? And he's like, oh, it's the sheriff's brother. Right. right. That's a really stupid idea. You don't yeah. do that. No, we're not going to go get the sheriff's brother and kill him. Right. Yeah. Punch him <laughs> in his face and he's still able to open his eyes and it's just a little purple. And Joey goes, whoa, how'd you get that shiner? We and, haven't talked about And for Doug. some reason, the wife is mad at, at Pacey. Pacey, <laughs> yeah. why? We haven't talked about Doug, who is an interesting character. He's Pacey's older brother who's kind of, he kind of has a stick up his butt for most of the show. He's a police mm-hmm. officer. He's like the opposite of uh, of Pacey. A baton. Um, yeah, a little bit. And the thing is, there are a lot of jokes 
uh, by Pacey about Doug being gay, which are like, they don't age very well. They come off very homophobic throughout mm. the show. Well, I would say even the, the <clears throat> use of the F word in this show oh would my God. not fly at all. Four times yeah. they used it. Yeah. At one point I was like, mm, we don't use that anymore. And Calm was like, well, like between the both of them, it's maybe like in group. And then I think they keep saying, it. we're like, that's, that's like, too well, many. Jen Ooh. says it later. Okay, Dr. Seuss. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it doesn't. Uh, that wasn't too good. And what's weird is they've never used that word in the show before. Oh, okay. That's what I was curious about too. Like, why did they hang their hat on so many? Well, in, in part because after season two, Kevin Williamson, who created the show, mm -hmm. left the show. And Becky and I kept watching it and it had its moments, although it really dropped off uh, start of season five. Um, and it's akin to when Aaron Sorkin left the West Wing, where it's like, I still care about these characters, but it's very obviously less good now right. without this guy writing it. Um, and they were he, like, Eminem's super popular yeah. right now. He's <laughs> dropping it all the time. We're good. He did come back to write the finale, and he happens to be a gay man. And so maybe that afforded them an gotcha. opportunity to use language they otherwise wouldn't have used. Sure. Um, but it still doesn't sound right in the show. No. No. And so it's a twist that after five years, uh, Jack is a teacher at Cape Side High, and he is in a relationship with Doug, but Doug is still in the closet. And so that's kind of their arc. And they briefly break up in this finale because that's not even clear though that they break up yeah okay but they have like a blow up because yeah. pacey or uh, because jack is is tired of having to put up with the secrecy and ultimately it's it's when they have to adopt amy that they decide to come together and and doug comes out right jen oh jen did you guys know okay so i talked to jen and jen's like wait you guys are gonna do the finale <laughs> The one where Jen dies? Yeah. <laughs> I, I said, wait, one of the main characters dies in the season finale? Like, why would they? And I thought it was going to be a more sudden, like, car accident, like, boom, you done. Like thing. a Mitch. Right, exactly. Yeah, but she wasn't, like, like bent over in the car trying to pick up an ice cream <laughs> oh, cone. <Jesus. laughs> uh, no, I didn't know. Yeah, and and when she went, when she was taking the pills, I we at first assumed that maybe she'd picked up a bad habit. These pills are making her speak very quietly. This is crazy. She she is kind of a whisperer. <sighs> I did notice that she was whispering, but softly. I thought kind of nothing of it because the first time we see her whispering is when Amy is in the room and like she's trying to put her down, right. and so you hear Jack being kind of loud. But I was like, maybe he's just like not used to being around a baby, and she's just talking quietly because she wants her baby to sleep. Right. It. I was also concerned. I was like, man, like for this lady who has heart disease, you would think they might have a heart monitor on her in the bed. But like <laughs> Graham wakes up and goes to feel the pulse. Like, wouldn't there just be a? Yeah, that's that's so valid for sure. <laughs> that's but, so true. But for the sake of the show, it's like I have to go check on my princess. I'll and see so you soon, my girl. The idea is that when Jen was pregnant a year before they uncovered a heart condition that apparently she's had all of her life. Right. And now it's culminating and she has a bad episode at the wedding. She passes out. She goes to the hospital and basically finds out there she's not going to leave the hospital. Right. And so there's an undetermined number of days where people get to visit her and she kind of has a certain uh, attitude of peace about, about the whole thing. And she's trying to have a sense of humor about it. And she tries to train the others to have a sense of humor about it, which they struggle with. And then ultimately she does have a moment with, I guess it's with Pacey, which is a little strange, where she kind of admits that she's mad. She's She doesn't want to leave her daughter right. alone. And um, the re I did some research today. The reason they decided to do this is that Dawson's Creek is a coming of age show. 
and they've kind of covered all of the other coming of age things along the series and the last thing to propel them into adulthood is to having to say goodbye to one of their own and i agree with that and i think it's mm. beautiful the other thing is that and don't get ahead of me because because you otherwise will get yeah. <clears throat> i'm really sorry <clears throat> um as we're watching the show something occurred to me having just listened to I Don't Want to Wait for the first time in the entire experience of watching Dawson's Creek. Um, and I, I've, I've known this song for a long time and I, I know that it's like inexorably attached to the show culturally, but I, I, never, I never felt any kind of loyalty to it because for one, the song doesn't really have anything to do with Dawson's Creek. If you listen to the lyrics, no. it's about World War II. And like, <laughs> I, I don't want to- I did not know that, but and, that's the lyrics. And I don't want to wait for our lives to be over. This is just like a, a random set of, uh, words. I don't know what that has to do with Dawson's Creek. Right. But then it does become clear when one of them is terminally ill that this is a show, or at least this is a finale, about stop screwing around and be with the people you love because they won't be around forever. I don't want to wait for our lives to be over, which is very literal, but I liked it. And then back to what I was saying before about them having to explain art rather than letting it speak for themselves. In the end, they really shoehorn this like <laughs> direct reference to the lyrics on the creek. Very brazen. It was too much. Yeah. <laughs> All of that to say, I, I can appreciate the poetry and the beauty of having to kill one of them. It just sucks because I think a little bit about it. Uh, this was before the final Harry Potter book came out. I realize I'm, I'm talking a lot. Um, and there was a discussion, if you remember, of like whether or not Harry had to die at the end of Harry Potter. Mm -hmm. And something that always resonated with me, not knowing, was that somebody wrote this article, which was basically like, no, it's bad storytelling to make a hero whose life is terrible and then he dies. Right. And I, that's always kind of been like a tenet to me about storytelling. You can have bad things happen to people, but there should be a triumph. Right. Or there should be some kind of like reasoning for their death. And so while I think it makes sense that Jen dies, on the other hand, her life is horrible she's never really had and a then brain. she dies yeah yeah and so that, that's unfair and her husband left yeah we don't know who it is it wasn't a husband it was a boyfriend knocked her up right left her right part of me wonders if it was cj because the whole plan in the penultimate episode was um grams and jen going to move to new york because that's where grams can get treatment for her breast cancer because right. it's one of the best hospitals so they right. move in with jen's mom um, and while they're there, CJ's plan is to also go to school in New York. Yeah. I don't know why that one happened, but that's how it worked out is that he was moving to New York. They were all going to move to New York and we were scared because we didn't like CJ that much. We were like a little worried that this was Jen's end game was to end up with CJ. And as it turns out, we should have been worried that Jen was going to be killed. <laughs> that we was her end worried game. about the ticker but whoever was with jen when she got pregnant was with was with her up to a year ago right, right? so would cj have been with her for four years and then left when she got pregnant maybe yeah it's possible we don't know that they, they don't they don't clarify no you're right they just say boyfriend I got knocked up by my boyfriend. C CJ was me. Jensen Ackles of Supernatural fame. And so this was like early, you're in the WB uh, family. And so you've got a right. a little arc on Dawson's Creek. And he was uh, detestable. <laughs> right. But like they, they made him. Well, they were, it's like the show was trying to um, gaslight you because they would constantly say like, CJ is one of the good ones. Like finally, Jen settled down with like a great guy. And then he would be controlling Awful. and jealous and, yeah. and um, sexist. 
and and not and like borderline emotionally abusive. <laughs> like we didn't like Absolutely. him at all. Absolutely. Yeah. What would you guys think of the name Amy for a baby? I feel like that was maybe a very 2003 thing to name sure. a baby. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think it's, it's not kinda, a, it's not a name you hear often. It's kind of safe considering it's a show about Dawson and Pacey. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> and true. And a girl named and a Joey. Girl named yeah. Joey, yeah. Yeah. I don't uh I don't have a whole lot of other cuz I tried not to to make too many notes. I really wanted to be involved in it. Oh, I do have another note. Okay. Dawson is a big time Hollywood director. Yeah, showrunner. Showrunner. He's filming a death film for a friend and has like a little JVC. I noticed that too. Shitty camera. Tripod. (laughs) And it's 2008. Yeah. That well, that was the other thing that's funny. I'm like, they clearly didn't forecast that everyone was going to be on their new iPhones and Blackberry. Well, you know what they couldn't forecast is that The Creek, which is Dawson's show, which is based on his life, which by the way is the third time he's written his he and Joey's story in the show. Right. Um, it's on the WB. Like that's another in joke where it's, he's basically written Dawson's Creek. I, I love the trope where at the end, the guy who's the main character writes the story you've been watching all along. Right. It works here. And he, he basically creates Dawson's Creek and it's on the WB, um, which didn't exist anymore in 2008. It was disbanded in 2006. <laughs> oh, those idiots. I know they could have had a real moneymaker. <laughs> oh boy. I, I gotta add, um, <laughs> this has nothing to do with the show actually so this is maybe a weird aside maybe i'll save it we'll keep talking dawson let me just say another weird as aside. much as we're laughing this is one of the best series finales i've ever seen and i cried three times today just thinking about Dude, it the 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 pacey like reveal that was big the pacey reveal revealing that joey chose pacey Oh yeah, oh, they just kind of like panning over. We on I honestly thought they weren't going to get to it. Yeah, I thought I was okay with it. it. I was all right with it. In fact, in the penultimate episode, which you didn't see, Mm -hmm. the one where Dawson and Pacey are kind of like at odds again over money, and and it's the one where Joey ultimately leaves. Mm -hmm. Um, That was actually written to be the series finale before they knew they could get Kevin Williamson back to do like a TV movie. Oh wow! And so that's why it kind of felt like a series finale, although it wasn't. It wasn't as conclusive, but it was fine. I was kind of okay then with her not picking somebody because it was clear. And them also being like enemies? But but there is an indication that they could be friends again someday. Okay. Uh, and that's what I kind of thought the show was trying to do is like, we fooled you all along. You thought this was a love triangle. And it's just the story of two boys who are friends. Right. And that's a good twist, honestly. I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. But then they just kind of like uh, iron over that and they seem to have let bygones be bygones five years later. Right. And then they got the showrunner back, and he's like, okay, well, first of all, we're killing Jen. Yeah, we're going to kill Jen. <laughs> uh, yeah. and, and also because Michelle Williams can handle it. Her performance was gorgeous. The entire series. Yes. Yes. She's clearly the was most she, talented. She was the most talented? Yes. It's not even close. I was, one, I was wondering if, if that was realized or if that's like a, a retrospective thing. But you think like in the moment you could tell? It's not even close. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, she's not playing the same game as the other people in the show. No. I don't know, man. I stand for Vanderbeek. <laughs> He's okay. He gets better. I'll say that much. Yeah. Like the iconic Dawson crying meme. Sure. Oh, man. Yeah. When you guys got to that episode, what was that like? We were watching for it. We were like, yeah. for a few episodes leading up to it, we knew that there was like something heartbreaking going on in Dawson's life. I think it was just about breaking up with Joey in the end. But like, yeah. we knew it was coming. Right. And we would like look at backgrounds where the way they would frame Dawson and be like, <laughs> is that the background of the cry meme? Like, Isn't is it he coming? In a boat? 
He well, he's no, by the on creek. A dock. He's, oh, okay. They're always yeah. they're always on a dock. The thing is, you can like tell which era it's from because of his hair. He yeah. had this huge yeah. helmet of hair in it, and so as soon as we got to that point, we're just eagle eyeing, right. just being like, "Where is it? Where's the meme?" But he got better. Katie Holmes is fine. Joshua Jackson is fine. I think Kerr Smith, who plays Jack, is a pretty good actor. He's awesome, actually. Um, and Michelle Williams is playing a different game. What is the movie that his little sister wants to watch with him? Annie Hall. <laughs> yeah. yeah, what? <laughs> that, I laughed so That's hard. That's ridiculous. <laughs> so the, the sister's like six? She's a young six. Yeah. She's like... <laughs> I, I've got Annie Hall upstairs. Do you want to watch it? Not I've Which, got. I rented. Yeah. Also... On DVD? Yeah. yeah. Also a hilarious... Like... A hilarious director to choose. Yeah, that doesn't age too well. No. But it's just like it's it's a movie that a six year old would have no interest in. Like that six year old would be no. so bored by Annie Hall. Oh my god. <laughs> that kid wanted to see up. Wanted to see Dawson. Wanted I'm, to see her, her brother Dawson. I mean, it would have made sense to choose like an old cl- like E. T. or something. Yeah, why didn't they choose Annie Spielberg Hall? Like that? Why didn't they choose E. T. That's <laughs> that would have made way more sense. The show starts on E. T. Yeah. yeah. No, you're absolutely right. That's a really good observation. The the garden scene that I mentioned before where, where Jen is filming her little video or little uh, message for mm-hmm. her daughter, that was that was gut wrenching when she's like giving her instructions like live by the ocean, be a dreamer, love to the tips of your fingers. That like shattered my heart. I thought it was perfect. What is um she says something that was like like do unexpected things. Like I found some of them were just kind oh, of oh make like, mistakes that part make yeah. mistakes because that's she she does say you, that yeah most of you are learning or something the God thing where she's like I never believed in God but that you don't have to it's just important to believe in something yeah that was really good and then that that's kind of an interesting thing with the Jen character and we see it in the pilot episode when she confronts her grams about not wanting to say grace or go to church she doesn't really believe in God and that's kind of like an issue between the two of them for a long time mm. and then. You know, Jen has whatever transition of faith that she might have. But then Grams, who, you know, had breast cancer five years ago, is probably not doing so hot these days and is on in her years, as Becky mentioned in her recap, says when Jen passes away, I'll see you soon, child. Like knowing that they'll be together in heaven. Like, man, man. that that's the line that killed me. Yeah. Yeah. I I was full out bawling. Oh, yeah. And I was too obsessed with the heart monitor to have any. <laughs> Any emotions whatsoever. You cold we son did, of a bitch. We did notice right before Grams checks the pulse that we see we see her turn over, look at Grams, and then she leans back and closes her eyes. And that is supposed to be the final like breath. But then we see her blank as Grams is coming over to check her pulse. Yeah. <laughs> How hilarious would it be if Grams comes over and opens her eyes, does the opposite thing <laughs> that people do when people are married? <laughs> Blows on her eye. Hey. Hey. You hey, wake uh, up. <laughs> Oh, now you just look like you're awake. I I screwed it up. I also, a tough this. life for Grams. She's everyone she mm. loves just dies. Yeah, yeah, because her husband dies. So Jen's grandfather is in the pilot. Yep. And at least for a couple of episodes, He's right? Pro- he probably was around for like ten episodes. And maybe then he they croaks. do. Maybe they do like a Frasier style spinoff with Grams. Grams on the WB. It's just a show. Yeah, a show about an eighty-five-year-old woman with breast cancer. Laugh track. Whose granddaughter is dead. Has and husband no, is dead. Has no one, and she's on her way out too. And it's <laughs> hilarious. Sounds riveting. <laughs> and yeah. she's gonna get up to some hijinks. Let me tell you. Hey, uh, do we give Dawson's Creek our S? Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Hey, listen, thank you for indulging us here. No problem. Thank you. No, it was fun. You're very you're a really supportive friend because this was actually a big deal for us. Like this was one of the the great TV joys I've had in a number of years. Unironically. That's fantastic. Involve um, me in all of your TV joys. You just as well could have been like, yeah, but that's not for me. And no. when have I ever done that? No, you're right. You're you're I'm 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 always game. You are game. You throw down a challenge and I'm I'm gonna watch. I'm sure there's some things that I haven't thought about, but uh I'm gonna let it sit with me. Kinda like normal people. It's like it's kind of like washing over me for a few mm-hmm. days, I think. <laughs> I remember you telling me that at one point you were just thinking about normal people and you wept uncontrollably. <laughs> and it uncontrollably. And if you do that, <laughs> For Dawson's Creek, like if I walk, I have it, done it for Dawson's Creek today. Re- what really? I said this a few minutes yeah, ago. I cried a couple times today, but I'm also just I'm under rested. And at I'm, any point in the studio, like could I have walked into the studio on you crying? You would never, you would never know that I'm crying. But like oh. I get a, like a little misty. Oh, okay. Yeah, Got I was watching YouTube videos about Dawson's Creek today. I was boning up. See, I haven't been able to look up Dawson's Creek for five to six months, <laughs> and I'm glad I didn't. You, By yeah. the way, a total miracle. Like uh, that we were able to make it to the end of the series without knowing that Jen dies or that Joey picks Pacey. Yeah. Those are the two big spoilers. Totally. And we didn't know. We didn't know at all. It was great. Well, I even, I think last week on the podcast, I was like, oh yeah, you're in for a treat. Or I I think I kind of like, yep. Preempted. That's fine. There being big news. Yeah. We also didn't know Mitch was going to die. We talked about that a while back, but that was, that was a doozy. Yeah. Jen laughed at that part of the recap. (laughs) <laughs> you got yeah the it's most a, undignified it is she remembered it's so yeah. undignified it's so undignified he's trying to pick up dirty ice cream from his truck what were you floor. gonna do with that ice cream you i eat it i i will say i i kept saying things uh like like oh man it's kind of crazy that she, joey did end up with with pacey and jen would say things like i knew she ended up with pacey and i'm like you watched the whole show. Like, I don't understand why you're trying to have one over on me right now. <laughs> she put in the hours. I and, get it. And she she adds, I didn't like Dawson's Creek. And I'm like, you watched all of it Freak and off. you didn't like it? She didn't She's like, like it? <sighs> See, I, I'm a fan of the teen melodrama and this one is so by far the best one I've ever seen. Uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's so be- so much better that at least there's some consistency. Like, I remember you telling me about uh, Archie. No, wait. Riverdale. 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 And how many character turns there there were. And like, like if Dawson were Archie, he would have not been into directing movies after the first episode. Absolutely. Oh, in the first uh, season of Riverdale, he wants to be like a musician. Musician. And that goes away. I mean, it's not even fair to compare the two because Riverdale is, I mean, you could say it's a farce. But that would be giving it a lot of credit. Mm. It, either way, it's a hot mess and it's proud of being a hot mess. Right. Um, a better comparison would be like The O.C., which I did watch yes. all of in its run. But Dawson's Creek is much warmer than The O.C. The O.C. is like, it's very moody. That's mm. kind of what it's going for. Right. And this show is really like about like friendship and like it's it's very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, the O.C. is not funny unless Seth Cohen's talking. Right. Or Sandy Cohen sometimes. Uh, he has his little mm, moments. He does uh, have moments. Peter Gallagher. It always comes back to Peter Gallagher. <laughs> <laughs> when we're talking about the creek, it always comes back to Peter Gallagher. S is all around for Dawson's Creek. That's so right. uh, Will Smith was a guest on Pod Save America this week. Oh, wow. This Will Smith fact brought to us by Becky. In fact, she alerted me to this because I'm currently off like political uh, media. Okay. 
Uh, I'm not sure why he was a guest on Pod Save, but he did say that he hasn't completely ruled out running for president one day. Oh, come on, man. Which is interesting because we just had this conversation about, about, the rock. about The Rock last week and how like he seems to have a self-awareness. It, it about, was nice that about, he was making fun of it in the show. Yeah. And I don't want to think about Will Smith being president. But if he were to be president, then we'd have, you know, hundreds of hours of us on the record just railing against the president and watch him be and like saying a, to not trust him. Don't trust the president. <laughs> watch him be like an extremely liberal, and that like this will be in positions where this ends up being pushed back in our face. That's right. Here's yeah. here's two hundred hours of <laughs> sweets and slaney. Some of them maybe not even Will's true. Myth. So what's yeah. your issue with the highly progressive president who changed everything and made the world a safer place? <laughs> I don't trust him. Oh, we just said we never trusted him. We didn't say he was a bad guy. <laughs> kind of true and for the record on the off chance we could get will smith he's an okay guy uh, hey i just don't know that you can trust him we, we just had four years of a president who was a celebrity i think if we i think if we bring him on we if we choose to bring him on we bring him on as a heel <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> he's, he's no friend to us no 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 yeah we're we here have to, to interrogate we you have sir to brief him ahead of time like That's listen right. if you could goad us a little bit that would be great <laughs> well here's the million dollar question can you trust Lizzie Kaplan? Uh, We're going to find out. Yeah. Kaplan watched 2021. This is starting to sound very predatory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. Kaplan watch. Kaplan watch. Yeah. Maybe Kaplan talk. Kaplan corner? Cap Kaplan, Kaplan corner is great. Okay. Kaplan corner 21. It can be a three second check-in. Right. Where it's like, hey, Kaplan corner. She up to anything? She's doing great. We don't know anything yet. <laughs> <laughs> no updates. We're waiting. <laughs> We're waiting for a response. Uh, meanwhile, Will Smith apparently wants to be the president. And that's a, uh, egomaniacal crazy position to have. Mm-hmm. Which is why... Never trust Will Smith. <laughs>